0: Seasonally rotating menu at the tavern, greenhouse gardens, barn, and more. TheArnoldHouse.com Hello, 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 and welcome to the Local Edition. News and information to keep you connected... In the Catskills and Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm Patricia Rabayo, I'm your host for Monday Night, filling in for Jason Dole. In the second half of the program, we'll be checking in with the Sullivan County Democrat, talking to the managing editor, Joseph Abraham, to see what's going on in the county. But first, this weekend was a great time to get outdoors and see all the leaves change. But that also means that winter is coming. The leaves will fall down and that bitter cold will swoop right in. When winter is here, that also means the heating season is here. So we're talking to Sullivan County, coordinator for the Heat program, Rosemary Wolf. The 2002 and 2023 Home Energy Assistance Program will start on November 1st. Home Energy Assistance Program, HEAP, helps low-income people pay the cost of heating their homes. Rosemary, welcome back to the program. you so much it's a pleasure to be back the leaves have changed the peak season has passed us so that means winter is coming and one of the big things that comes with winter is you have to heat your house and that's a big expense so let us know how can the heat program the home energy assistance program help from what i hear from reports is that heating prices the heating oil prices propane wood everything everything has gone up this season because of the pandemic and because of inflation
1: you are 100% pro- correct, Heat price, uh, fuel prices have gone through the roof, wood, coal, propane, fuel oil. Pricing is going up. It's gone up over $2 a gallon in three weeks alone, and we're nervous about what it's going to look like moving forward this winter. So we're really trying to actively reach out to any potentially low-income families uh, and see if we can drum up some business to get them to come in and apply. Currently anybody who meets the gross income standards based on their household size would be eligible for HEAP. What's very misleading though is the HEAP income guidelines are much higher than most of the other benefits in the agency. So many families who think they might not be eligible could be pleasantly surprised. For instance, for a household of four, if your gross income is $5,484 or less, you would be HEAP eligible. Uh, That's a considerable amount of income for a family of four, particularly in Sullivan County. Um, The benefits are considerably higher this year. A base rate for oil or kerosene or propane is $900, which while it sounds like a tremendous amount of money, will barely get families 200 gallons of fuel. So a concern, We are starting on November 1st. We will be open to the public from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. if somebody is feeling like they can't wait and they have to come right in and apply. Otherwise, you can call the agency at 807-0144. You'd have to hit option number two, and you could request an application be mailed to you. Clients are also eligible to apply online as of November 1st. They will not be able to apply before that date. But as of that date, they could go to mybenefitsny.gov and file for a HEAP application online. We are pulling them every day and making every attempt to process them as soon as we possibly can, as long as the client has provided all of the required documentation.
0: Have you seen since the pandemic started or the past couple of years, the need for HEAP? Has that increased? Have more people been applying for this benefit?
1: Um we have in fact the first year of the pandemic because of the large unemployment benefits the numbers were down a little bit because people were just surely not eligible but since last fall when the large unemployment benefits ended people have come out considerably we have had over a thousand new heap applicants who had never applied before come in
0: wow just shows you know the impact they uh the economic situation that we are having now so now just make sure this is a one-time payment towards your your heating source right
1: heap is a one a, a regular heat benefit is a one-time payment if you are deemed eligible it is authorized directly to your fuel vendor in the form of a credit and you can call to arrange delivery however january 3rd starts on what is called the emergency season and a client may be eligible for a second heat benefit called an emergency benefit after January 3rd if they meet the income criteria but the income criteria are considerably different Uh, at this juncture we would take into account anybody's checking account savings account stocks bonds securities annuities mutual funds so it's a little bit more of an in-depth look into somebody's financial situation. However, if they have none of the above, they would remain eligible for an emergency benefit and be able to score a second benefit through the agency as well. In the past, in the last three years since COVID started, the state has offered another two additional benefits for a total of four benefits through the course of the year. Uh, which has been incredibly helpful for families. Uh, However, due to the economy, we're not sure that's gonna be the case again this year. There will definitely be one regular and one emergency, and then we'll wait to see later in the season if the state has the funds to authorize an additional benefit.
0: The last time we spoke, HEAP offered a benefit to have your heating equipment inspected. Is that still true?
1: In addition to a regular heat benefit, the heat department also offers what is called a Clean & Tune program. Now, a Clean & Tune program is available to homeowners And the purpose of it is to have your furnace cleaned and serviced on a yearly basis with the anticipation that it will last longer and run better and more efficiently so the precious fuel oil that you're getting delivered at such high price lasts a little bit longer. Homeowners are eligible for one clean and tune every 365 days, and if they are heap eligible or have received heap, they could call and request a clean and tune. An application can be done with them right over the telephone, and then the vendor of their choice would be notified, and they would schedule to come out and do a clean and tune for the customer. Unfortunately, it's that time of year, as you've said, peak leaves season is gone and it's getting much cooler out there. And lots of folks are thinking about cleaning and servicing their furnace. So unfortunately, there's a bit of a backup. You could wait three or four weeks to get your furnace cleaned and tuned. Uh, but it is a service that the agency will provide at no cost to the customer.
0: Yes, it's the heating season. So these boiler companies, furnace companies are very busy during this year. If the boiler company, the furnace company comes to your house and they do the inspection and find a part that's not working or something that's not working in the boiler, is there any kind of benefit that could have, uh, can help with that cost?
1: HEAP has a, an additional program uh, called HERR, H E R R, which is um, Heating Equipment Replacement or Repair. So if a client's furnace stops working or if while they're getting their cleaning and servicing, they've noticed that some equipment is faulty. Um, even if they have discovered a leak in their tank and they're losing their fuel, they can apply for the uh, replacement or repair program. It's a little bit more of an extensive interview, has to be done over the telephone, and uh, a little bit longer paper application. However, if you are deemed eligible, the agency will pay to repair your furnace, or replace your furnace. Wow,
0: replacing your furnace, that can be very, very, very expensive.
1: Upwards of $6,500 to replace. The agency would pay in full. You must be the homeowner. It must have been your primary source of heat for the last 12 months. So if it's a situation where you just bought a house and the furnace never worked, we can't help that customer. But if you are the existing homeowner and this is the way you heated your house, for the last 12 months, you'd be eligible for either a furnace repair for up to $4,000, or a replacement for up to $6,500.
0: Wow, that's great because like, you know those repairs can be very, very costly.
1: Oh yes, they are, and you know it's it's a dire need in the winter. You can't just be without heat and wait until you can get some money together to pay for it. People really need their furnaces to stay warm and to stay alive in these winter months.
0: Yeah, you know the wind could be very dangerous. You know, you're talking about people's lives here. Uh, it could be a matter of, literally of life or death. And not only that, uh, if the wind, if the furnace goes, you're exposing the house to the colds. That which means could be frozen pipes, which means could be a bursted water line. It could be flooding. It's, the damage could be just domino effect.
1: Could destroy wood floors. It could do a tremendous amount of damage. You're absolutely correct. We also have one additional program that isn't currently active. It does happen in the summer months. It begins on the 1st of May, and it is our cooling component. Uh, And the state of New York offers a cooling component for clients who have uh, a situation or a medical condition that is further aggravated by exposure to extreme heat or humidity In the past, if you obtained a doctor's note that indicated you had this medical condition and you had been heap eligible for the previous season, we would arrange for a vendor to come and install an air conditioner in one room in your home to create a cooling room uh, at a cost of up to $800.
0: You know when you face with a repair, a huge repair like a furnace it's 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 a life changer you know it could change the course of your life sometimes, and it's great that this benefit is there to provide that little extra help
1: oh absolutely. this past summer, they lifted the medical requirement so any customer that was HEAP eligible was able to get uh, an air conditioner to cool off at least one room in their home to provide some relief from the extreme heat and humidity. Uh, and we had a very busy season. It was very productive.
0: Well wow, it's great that, you know, those folks were able to get the benefits. Rosemary, can you just go over again if people want to apply? Where can they apply and where can they call?
1: If you would like to apply for HEAP, you could apply online as of November 1st at MyBenefitsNY.gov, you can call the agency at 807-0144 and choose option 2 and speak to a live representative. They could help to mail you out an application if you need one. You could come in person and apply directly at the office if you feel it's an urgent situation and you need to have your application processed as quickly as possible. In addition, we have some alternate certifier locations in Monticello for clients who might have trouble getting to the Liberty Office. We have Action Towards Independence in Monticello at 309 East Broadway. And we have Independent Living on Pelton Street in Monticello. We also have the Sullivan County Office for the Aging at the Government Center. Any of those organizations will be equipped with HEAP applications and would be glad to help you. Pursue filling out the application and attempting to obtain a benefit.
0: The website is mybenefits.ny.gov and that phone number is 845-807-0142. We were talking to Sullivan County coordinator for the heat program, Rosemary Wolf, letting us know how folks can get help paying their heating bills, get their furnace inspected, even help repair it. Rosemary, thank you so much for joining us on the program and we hope to talk to you again soon.
1: We appreciate your time. Thank you.
0: We'll be right back. We'll connect with Joseph Abraham from the Sullivan County Democrat. The latest issue of the Sullivan County Democrat is coming out tomorrow. So let's find out what's on the pages. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Local Edition, winner of two Excellence in Broadcasting Awards from the New York State Broadcasters Association. Radio Catskill. Listen local.
1: Our music sale is the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and we are still taking donations of all things musical. Right now, we really need some high-quality vinyl, LPs in great shape, collector's items, or even some rare records. We also need stereo equipment turntables, and receivers in clean, working condition. Support local public radio while making sure no one leaves the music sale empty-handed. Donate to the music sale. Email manager at wjffradio.org. Thanks.
0: Welcome back to the Local Edition. I'm your host, Patricio Robbio. It's Monday... And every other Monday, we check in with the Sullivan County Democrat to see what's making news, what's going on in the county, and everything that's in the Tuesday edition of the Sullivan County Democrat. Joseph Abraham, he's the managing editor, and he's on the phone with us now. Joe, you covered the Sullivan County legislature for the Sullivan County Democrat. And this week, Fearless gave a presentation about Domestic Violence Awareness Month.
2: What can you tell us about this? Sure. So, um legislators passed a resolution at Thursday's meeting designating October as Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is sort of already what's being recognized nationally, but they wanted their own resolution because of how important the issue is. And they also recognized the work of Fearless Hudson Valley. For those who don't know who they are, they used to be or formerly known as Safe Homes of Orange County. And they're like one of the primary organization nonprofits that support people who are victims of domestic violence and uh, some interesting statistics were shared even though domestic violence men and women can be victims um, or anyone can be a victim of of domestic violence um, a lot of the statistics that were shared um, pertain to women Uh, nearly half of the women that are murdered in the united states are killed by their intimate partners Uh, nearly four million american women are victims of abuse each year and furthermore, uh, another statistic that was shared was that one woman every 15 seconds is assaulted by their intimate partner. So, um, that's a insane number, um, of, of this. And so it shows how important this topic is and how awareness needs to be, uh, you know, brought to it. Uh, fearless pretty much in the presentation, they talked about all the different things they've done in the past year. Well, not the past year in 2021, because I, they don't have their final numbers for 2022 yet until this year concludes, but. Uh, They answered 11,123 hotline calls, sheltered 54 adults and 39 children, provided 3,833 bed nights in their emergency shelter, served 2,458 adult clients and 3,009 children through all agency programs. Um, What's interesting about domestic violence is a lot of people um, think about, obviously, the first thing you'd think about, which is, The couple, right, or the people that are involved, but it actually can have an effect on a lot of other factors of life. For example, the children, Um, you know, statistics have shown that one in 15 children are exposed to intimate partner violence each year, and 90% of these children are eyewitnesses to that violence, and that child abuse is 15 times more likely to occur in families where domestic violence is present. So obviously, that can have an effect on children and also the workforce. Um, National Crime Survey estimated that 175,000 days a year. I missed from paid work due to domestic violence with an estimated cost being $3 billion per year because of uh, domestic violence. So, And the proclamation that the legislators passed um, sort of noted that in since 2004, September of 2004, uh, five women were murdered in Sullivan County as a result of domestic violence. And at Thursday's meeting, um, Mackenzie Bacar, who's the uh, education and advocacy, I believe, director for Fearless, uh shared their names, read their names aloud in order to to bring awareness to their story. And that was Catherine Novak, Elizabeth Bucci, uh, Ramona Gonzalez, Helen Butcher, and Jalen Fletcher. Uh, and so fearless, uh she gave more uh reports about how they uh, now have a full service sexual assault services team as well as a court advocacy team in Sullivan County. I believe they have a few uh, employees that uh are in the government center. They're in like the wing sort of not the main part, but there's like a wing somewhere uh, in the government center. If you go inside in the front desk, people can ask and they'll direct them to where they're at. They also have a website, fearlesshv.org, um, that people can find out more information about. But uh, it was an interesting topic and uh, John Little, the Health and Human Services Commissioner, uh was had high praise for them and said that uh, you know, for the work they do alongside county employees who are assigned to similar uh subjects and 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 responsibilities and um so it was it was very interesting uh, of a presentation and, and as John Little said it it what it shows the presentation is that it can happen to you, it can happen to anyone, son, daughter, uh, and that uh, you know, a lot of times the stigma is to not report um domestic violence if it if it's happening to you. Uh but, you know, he said the only way to really address them is if they're brought out in the open and folks feel like they're supported. So that's uh, that's pretty much the top talk and and there were also the clothesline project, which uh, I know is something that was I think it was invented in Massachusetts uh, or the concept was created there, and it's all over the now and so fearless, had brought one to uh, the government center on Thursday and pretty much you um, it was downstairs in the lobby there's a bunch of shirts that are put up either by people who were um, victims or who were victims and survivors of domestic violence and also or people who knew someone. Um, who was a survivor, a victim, and um, and sort of with different messages and stuff that, that related to the topic to kind of raise awareness.
0: Wow, and I so said the numbers that you gave earlier were very eye opening, and you know uh, it's hard to hear, and but it's glad that you know there's an awareness month, and you know there are advocates here in Sullivan County that can help women and men with that situation. So, keeping with county legislature, the county is working with Columbia University.
2: What can you tell us about this partnership? Yes, yeah, so uh one thing that I'll, we'll be talking a lot about uh I'll have a lot of drug task force updates coming in in the next uh, few weeks because they had a big uh, they meet twice a year publicly uh, where the people in the community can come here from the different pillars and also learn what's going on and different things. So one thing that happened before last Friday's drug task force meeting was the county had announced that Uh, They're working with Columbia University, who is leading a large-scale, multi-county campaign to increase awareness of naloxone, which most people commonly know as Narcan, um, which can bring people who have suffered an overdose back to life. um, er, And uh, it's very effective at saving lives, uh, according to Health and Human Services Commissioner John Little. And pretty much this campaign that Columbia is bringing is coming to the hardest-hit places in New York State from the opioid crisis, including Sullivan County. In the county will be working with them until late 2023. And uh, Columbia, through this uh, healing community study is what it's called, uh, they're looking to decrease the number of opioid overdose deaths in the counties they're working with by 40 percent over the life of this ongoing study. And uh, so pretty much they're going to be providing the county with a couple hundred thousand dollars. Uh, and they're going to look at treatment options, safer prescribing options. And specifically with Narcan, the focus is going to be on saving lives so in a crisis moment um you know they can save people um with narcan and hopefully that'll allow them because you can't force someone to go into treatment that's been one of the the tough things about the opioid crisis is a lot of these first responders who are giving narcan they're doing it to the same individuals a lot of times over and over again because these first responders can't make people go into treatment so it can be very it can be fatigue from it um you know and and family members and stuff also too probably you know, things over and over again. But the idea that John Little said that they are sort of unified with Columbia about is you can't um, get someone into treatment who dies. So if they can keep providing Narcan and keeping a person alive long enough so someone can reach them and possibly get them into treatment, um, then that will be beneficial in their eyes. And so uh, the partnership between Columbia and the county started back in July. Uh, the Drug Task Force and advisors from Columbia are currently looking at how to best spend this money, um, which they term community impact dollars. And one thing John Little had said is they're looking at education and making Narcan more accessible. So this includes innovations like Narcan vending machines, making sure first responders have enough that it's placed in locations where there are folks that are high risk um for substance use. And uh they're also going to use some of the funding on trainings because the idea, too, is let's get as many people trained as possible so that if... You know, it's this opioid crisis is affecting so much of society that you could be anywhere, you know, doing whatever with family or just walking around and you could see someone possibly, uh you know, having an overdose. So, uh, you know, Narcan kits distributing it so people have and you could possibly be called upon in this situation to uh, if you're trying to save a life. Um And uh, so Columbia is doing that. They're also providing funding for the county to assist with reviewing collecting data so that they can make better decisions on where to more effectively place Narcan in the future, as well as for other strategies that will develop additional treatment options, and to advocate to prescribers and our our medical professionals to be much more careful with distributing opioids. Uh, And um, yeah, and so more info on this study can be found at www.healingcommunitystudy.org slash communities slash nysullivan.html. So, um It's an interesting project for sure. Um And then also, too, when talking to John Little, he had just mentioned that this is a very significant partnership, but it's not the only thing that the county's been doing with Narcan. Uh, they've already been working on a lot of the other things that the Drug Task Force does to kind of uh, increase awareness about it. And they have a lot of different initiatives in place that they're working on. One big thing was they uh, worked with BOCES to get Narcan boxes or Naloxone boxes to all the school districts. Um. So they had it there. So, so it's definitely something that that'll continue to watch. You know, you everyone's trying to you know, leave a dent in this opioid crisis, which has been challenging. And this is, you know, one thing they hope can give them more chances to help people. So,
0: um, Joe, what else is going on in the pages of the Sullivan County Democrat?
2: Sure. So in our news section, um, as I mentioned in last week's update, we partnered with Bold Gold Media to do a debate. Uh, we did two debates, a state Senate debate featuring for the 100th Assembly, 100th, sorry, the 100th Senate District between uh, Peter Oberrocker and Eric Ball. And then we had one immediately following for the 100th State Assembly District between incumbent Aileen Gunther and her challenger, Lisa LeBou. And so in last Friday's paper, Derek Kirk, our staff writer at the paper, had a story on the state senate debate. The uh, articles are, will both be available on our website in addition to the uh, paper, which is sddemocratonline.com. Also, we have some local news. Uh, the town of Tustin is uh, has a cannabis referendum on the ballot. It's November, so Matt uh, did a story on that as far as what choice those, uh, those town residents will be making. And uh, also, we have a reminder in the paper, there's a big capital project vote. In Sullivan West, a proposed 25.8 million dollar capital project is on the table. Uh, Voters between noon and 9 p.m. on Wednesday, October 19th, so uh, this Wednesday, will have the opportunity to vote on that project. And so there's three polling places. So we outline that in the story, and we have uh, high school sports action that Anthony has in sports because uh, the season is coming to a close over the next week or so. So playoff time is almost upon us. Games mean a lot. So
0: as always, Joe, it's a packed paper in some kind of Democrat that comes out tomorrow. You can see the stories that Joe talked about on scdemocratonline.com or you can visit the newsstands. Joe, thank you so much for joining us on The Local Edition again. We'll talk to you again next week.
2: Sounds good. Looking forward to it.
0: And that does it for The Local Edition. I've been your host, Tracy Revao, filling in for Jason Dole. We'll be back tomorrow. And we'll continue our election coverage with an interview for the candidate for the state senate for the 51st district, Eric Ball. Also the candidate for the Ulster County Assembly 101, Matthew Mackey. That's all happening tomorrow on the local edition at 630. Also this week on Wednesday, we'll catch up with the river reporter, Liam Mayo. Also, James Huntington will give us the economic news. And on Thursday, we'll check in with Wayne County. And on Friday, we'll check in with the Schwankung Journal's Chris Rowley. Also, this weekend, I'll be hosting the Reporters Roundtable on Radio Chatskill. Thank you to my guests today. We'll talk to Rosemary Wolf about the HEAT program. Also talking to Joseph Abraham, the managing editor for the Southern County Democrat. If you ever miss a show, we have a podcast. You can find us anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Google, Apple, Stitcher. Search for WJFF, the local edition. Subscribe, share it, and tell your friends. You can also find us on social media at WJFF Radio Catskill. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can visit our website, wjffradio.org slash edition. You can find upcoming guests, see past guests. You can even listen to the show. You've been listening to The Local Edition. I'm your host, Patricio Robio. Have a good night, Lucy. This is Radio Casco, your NPR station, WJFF Jeffersonville, W233 AH Monticello. Have a safe night. Nice
1: again. will see you tomorrow. again. We're again. again. Listening to Radio Catskill. WJFF, Jeffersonville. W233AH, Monticello. Support for Radio Catskill
0: comes from Majestic Farm, specializing in organic apples and pasture raised heritage meats. Open all year for contact free meat pickup majesticfarm.com. From Rourke Law,
2: Liberty, New York
0: a general law practice serving the Catskills and Delaware River Valley with an emphasis on estate planning, estate administration, elder law, and real property matters.
1: RourkeLaw.com The past, the past is never past. past. I, I had the audacity and the nerve to make a bid
2: for the presidency of the United States. Back in the days when Grandma was, girl, was history, no
1: history as opposed merely to knowing facts of history. I'm Randa Abdel-Fatah. I'm
2: Ramtin Arabu. Join us each week on Throughline from NPR as we go back in time to understand the present. Tuesday afternoon at 2
0: on Radio Catskill.